0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that's quietly drinking wine on the porch, staring off into the distance, contemplating international travel. My name is Frank. I'm Scott, and Paul is with us, uh, but he's unable to speak at the moment. He will be joining us in a few moments. Um, we are here to recap uh, the Bills Chiefs game, which I realize, Scott, I should have, I should have brought up the the score. Because I usually talk about how that that, and the the Chiefs beat the Bills 26 to 17 in a game that is, I'm going to call it the Rorschach test of um, the Rorschach test of Bills games. Because I think you could look at this game much like perhaps you could look at the presidential debates and just draw whatever you want from this loss. And so... I am to understand that Paul is back with us. Paul
1: I, I have returned. Yes. Very I good. hope you guys enjoyed the end of my meeting.
0: We, we muted you and didn't listen to any of it. So we were just, you yeah. know, I found, I, I found I can mute you. Um, and Scott, if I had to, but I, you know, I, I will use it sparingly. Um, 26 you to could 17 turn into around the horn. Yes. Into, and we, we don't, yeah. we don't want that. You know, that's not who we are. 26 to 17. Um, Let's go to Scott. Let's go to you first because you were ready for the podcast today, and Paul can just sit there and think about it. Um, what did I do, you?
1: Think? I took extensive notes. Damn it, by the way, but I will. Oh. I will wait.
0: Okay. Well, well then
2: we, it'll be easier for to me you. to go first because Paul could just fill in the gap with his notes, whereas if he just goes through all of his notes, I will be left with. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid and that got that visor figured out, huh? Good yeah. for him. Um, <laughs> so. So I will start off with my rudimentary points, and let Paul fill in the gaps. Um, yeah. No, I mean, so I am not on the. Yeah, I agree. This is a very much a Rorschach test, and you could look at like, well, they allowed a billion yards rushing, and they, they, you know, the offense didn't look all that good, and you could kind of say, boy, this was another stinker from the Bills. I am not. I'm actually not that guy this time. Usually, I am the, the downside wow. of it. I am. I am grading on a bit of a scale. I think they played the Chiefs correctly. Now, obviously, there's no guarantee that had the Bills offense played better that the Chiefs wouldn't have switched to a more pass-heavy, aggressive offense and we'd be in mm-hmm. the same problem. So that that's a, a hypothetical, but that's unknowable. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, if you feel like you're within a – if you can get it, if you can get the Super Bowl champs into the fourth quarter, where if you get one stop and then you score a touchdown, you can tie the game or you can try and win it and go for two. Like, you almost got to take that. I mean, admittedly, like at home, you, you'd, you'd like to think that maybe you'd be doing a little better. But I think honestly, given how the team played the week before, I, I, I would I would I'm not going to take call it a win, but it's certainly not. A, an atrocity of a loss like the week before was. Like the week before, they just didn't even get off the bus. Like it was the, the defense didn't come to play. The offense wasn't really there. This game, I feel like certainly the run defense was atrocious and needed to do better. Um, I would say that part of that was uh, being a bit undermanned. Part of it was they were probably so terrified of the pass game that they really just wouldn't let – themselves focus on the run until the fourth quarter, when it was really clear that the chiefs were just going to try and run the clock out. Um, And then they were able to kind of get a little better at the run game. Um, So I think that was, I think the run game can have a bit of an excuse, but obviously like that's still some, some hefty numbers that were kind of put up there. So that was unfortunate. And then um, great job by special teams. May see them later uh, when I'm talking and doing my later segment, for those of you who remember (laughs) what that is um but you know great job by then and then offense you know that that one was a tough one because that one was just a lot of failures all the way around like it that one i i I revert to my contention from last week that um the i mean i would say and, and maybe i need to be a little more specific when i say the bills are being a little out schemed on offense it's not so much that they're it's a combination of the scheme that they had been using has been kind of figured out and that teams are playing more zone. They are playing more deep quarters. They are making Josh Allen go down the field and pick you apart seven yards at a time and, or rely on a run game that has shown no ability to do anything. Um, and the bills offense is not able to do that. And that, so they, to me, that's to to me, that's a bit of being out schemed, but I guess you could also say that equally, the Bills do not have the players to execute that offense at this point. I would think, based on what I remember from Josh Allen last year, he had actually gotten better at those kind of short and intermediate passes um, at various points last season. To the point where, like, he could do those things. It was just it, we we would always just kill him because he couldn't hit the big ones. And now it seems like he can't hit the small ones again, and they're taking the big ones away from him. And the offense doesn't go as fast. And obviously some of this is on the weather. Some of it's on the receivers. Some of it's on the lack of the run game. Some of it's the, the offensive line not doing a good enough job in pass pro. We will spend plenty of time talking about the offensive yes. line later, but um, that I think I will leave my points there for now. All
0: right. That is, yeah, no, that's remarkable. And I'm just going to Paul go. Paul. Oh, i right, okay. I'm speechless.
1: All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll have some agreement with Scott, but I'll also have a fair amount of disagreement. Uh, I'll address the special teams quickly to note that, yeah, they did very well. Uh, That missed field goal was really terrible looking, but a 52-plus yard field goal is never a gimme anyway. Uh, So disappointing, but not going to judge them. They were good in the return game, good in coverage. I am going to kind of summarize my views of the defense and offense collectively, because I feel like if there was one game where the offensive and defensive game plans were especially married to each other, it was this game. I think there were failures on both end uh, that kind of need to be, be addressed. So I think it's, it's a team loss uh, in the truest sense. So I think the idea on the defense going to this one, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is the case based on what we've heard Leslie Frazier say you know, don't give up big plays in the passing game, limit the Chiefs points, give the offense a chance to outscore Kansas City. So you can look at, you know, the 26 points the Chiefs put up and say, you know, hey, mission accomplished. That's not really that great for the Chiefs. But I can of say, eh, mission not really accomplished because kind of the whole idea of that defense is that since it takes the opposing offense so long to score, uh, either they will eventually make a mistake uh, turn it over, make a drive killing play, or, you know, the bill's defense will make a play or, you know, you won't miss copious amounts of tackles and get blown off the line of scrimmage at litter every play and give up what was an average of roughly, you know, nine yards a carry on the second half until the chiefs had their, their clock killing drive. Uh, Casey's shortest first down run of their 19 second half runs was four yards, meaning that the worst situation they were ever in was second and six and everything else was second and five or better. Really disappointed me at one point. that Trey White and Jordan Poyer just handed Kansas City 33 yards with late hit out of bounds yeah. penalties on no. the same drive. I mean that. That's yeah, and the Poyer you know?
0: one. I mean, the Poyer one was like two seconds later. It was like way after the play. It
1: right. I mean, I thought White deserved his yeah. penalty, and then then Poyer's like, no, let me let me show you what really yeah. deserving the penalty is Hold on the late gear. Hit. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but even beyond all of that, as a defense. You know, in order for this approach to work, the most important thing you have to be able to do is get off the damn field. Uh, Kansas City converted nearly every third down opportunity in the second half. And the Bills defense, by the way, now ranks 30th in the NFL, unfailing to stop the opponent on third down. So this means by the time your offense begins, what I believe was its second drive of the half, there were nine minutes left in the game. And you say, "Okay, you guys need to score a TD in like two and a half minutes to have a chance, you know, which to their credit, they did. But and then what happens by the time they get the offense sees the ball again, uh, there's under two minutes left and they're down nine and the game is over. So, you know, the defense's inability to get off the field meant that the Kansas City had the ball for 23 and a half minutes of the second half. Uh, They had more time of possession that half than the Bills had the entire game. So in a game where the team is trailing going into the second half, I can't imagine any team has ever won with those second half time of possession numbers. But I'm not going to put this all on the defense, even though I just bitched about them for about two and a half minutes straight there um, to pick on the offense. You know, the defense did hold the Chiefs 26 points and you had a lot of missed opportunities. Josh missed a number of passes, whereas after the first drive, when jo- when um, Mahomes was adjusting to the weather, I think he missed three total passes after that first drive. Uh, Scott mentioned the running game did nothing again. Uh, I was on a meeting right before this call, and the attorney, when I told him I was a Bills fan, said, hey, my son has Zach Moss uh, on his fantasy <laughs> roster. Should he start him Sunday? And I'm like, no. Um, but the attorney has Josh Allen on his fantasy roster, so I told him to start Josh. So let's hope that— Start Josh yeah. Allen running back. Yes, <laughs> he should. He also has John Brown, but he saw that John was injured today, uh, so John will not be in the game. But uh, but I digress. Um offense couldn't keep drives they were the opposite problem of the the defense they couldn't keep drives going on numerous certain manageable situations they knew they would have to score a lot of points against the chiefs which is good as kansas city is that's an accomplishable feat look at what the raiders did uh and they could not do it they scored on three drives in the entire game if they can put up just three points on any one of the other drives then the end of game means something and josh isn't having to like desperately heave passes downfield before one is finally picked off uh, whereas when Mahomes had to move the ball through the air, he could do it and do it consistently, even if it wasn't in those big chunks of yards. Uh, and the Bills' offense really just couldn't rise to the challenge in a game where they knew they'd need to be at their best and where the Chiefs were held to 26, and despite the Bills averaging over 30 points a game through the first four weeks, the offense just uh, couldn't get it done. So that's, that's it for my prepared ramble about this game.
0: I hate you both because Scott basically took my thunder, and <laughs> you are, in, you know... Continually reasonable in all of your positions, Um, but I'm just going to pretend like you're both wrong and yell a minute because I I guess I disagree more with Paul still. This was on the offense to me like it really was because I, I, I like wholeheartedly agree with Scott and I've heard. Other people and red people talking about, like, well, you know, I can't believe they gave up this many yards. And, yeah, we can talk about the D-line, and they probably missed Starla Thule And I don't think the plan was to give up 270 uh, yards. I, I
1: think we can say more than probably they missed Star Tule. Yes,
0: but I think that w- what, I'm, I, what I'm getting at is that, like, the way that they wanted to limit the Chiefs. And even, like, the— the radio guys were like, well, I thought this was going to be a shootout and they were going to go back and forth. Well, I don't think it goes hand in hand that like the offense didn't plan to score, but the defense, you know, like it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to give up points and then we're going to score points. And we're going to try and like win a shootout. You're always trying to stop the other team from scoring points. And I think that that was about as ineffective as a game plan as you can have against the chiefs. And, and to the credit of the chiefs, um, and you know, they played a game of chicken with Andy Reid because he has never ran that many times or for that many yards as a head coach, and he stuck to it, and he never sticks to it. And so I, I was sort of surprised that they did it, but you're down, you're down six in the fourth quarter, you know, and they they miss a turnover by a centimeter, you know. They finally get that turnover at the end and it and it misses by a few centimeters when the ball pops out um at the end of the game. Now neither of you have said anything that's wrong or untrue. But I think that the defense is there mostly to feed the ball back to the offense. That's why the defense is there on this team. Some defenses are there to generate turnovers and smother teams and you know, but in in essence Football seems to be now about maximizing the number of opportunities that the offense has to score points. And to me, the offense failed. And really, my guy, my darling Josh Allen failed. OK, he, it was his fault. It was it was his fault. You can blame. I don't think uh, John Brown is all the way back. Um, I don't think that, uh, you know, the offensive line is very good. I'm thinking even Stefan Diggs, who his Stefan Diggs's stat sheet at least doesn't fully reflect how well he played in the beginning of the game um, because he did draw a handful of penalties that said, like inexplicably, he's walking back at the end of the football game. You know, you know, the game's out of hand, but he's not at least making a show of like running back and getting on sides to like try and score a touchdown and and make the miracle happen. Um, but to me, it's, this is Allen. Allen was missing throws. You know, it's Allen, and it's kind of the run game of the Bills, too, because they couldn't— the, the Chiefs were kind of playing the same game, and the run game is inept. Like, it's—unless it's it's, unless it's Josh Allen running the football, it doesn't work. And I don't know if that's the offensive line or the running backs or what. They certainly were looking at Le'Veon Bell this week um, or last week. But um, to me, this is Allen. Allen needs to make better throws. He had— I, Last week's game against the Titans—that's an absolute garbage fire. Okay, like there's so many things going wrong with that game. I throw it out completely, and I and I like there's almost nothing to learn from it other than be prepared next week. This week he was missing guys. He was the same old guy. He was missing open, not just missing like inaccurately, but like trying to force the ball again down the field. And he has to learn not to do that. You know, he has to. Now can he? I don't know. He seems to have learned a couple of other things as quarterback. He, he I, I, you, Terry Bradshaw was talking about, you know, you're either accurate or not. Well, that's to me, that's bullshit because he I really <laughs> because he, he. I think that there's no doubt that he made incredible strides from when he was a rookie, uh, both in, as Scott said in, last year in the in the short and intermediate game and then this past year at the, with the long game and really those first four games, um, you know, he he managed to make passes and make them certainly well enough to win football games. And I don't know that the Chiefs and the and, and the Titans are doing anything other than taking away the long ball, which has been helped by the fact that Brown wasn't in the last game and certainly wasn't himself in this game. But they have to do something. He has to make more plays, and he has to take what is given to him. It will help if the offensive line can run block. Um, and... The other thing I'll say about the defense, because I don't want to say like they did a good job, but I think they did the job that that I think the coaching staff correctly identified the only job that the defense could do against the the Chiefs. I think that they looked at who they had and who was going to play, and they said, I think we can take away the big play, and I think we can try and win one of these Tyrod Taylor type games where, um, you know, we... Don't give up a ton of points, and we just try and get the ball back. But they could not get off the – Paul is absolutely right. Their job is to get off the field on third down, and they couldn't. And they just – for two weeks in a row, they can't get off. There is absolutely no pass rush, which which to me is almost the bigger problem than Matt Milano missing. I think Matt Milano is so good that he covers up a lot of issues. And when you have – a quarterback that can sit back there and do those types of things like Tannehill, like Mahomes, really. like I, To me, I'm a little surprised that Mahomes was that good at it, but he, he was. And, um, but I think that that's probably Tannehill's strength, um, uh, if he has one as a quarterback, um, is to sort of take those types of passes and do those types of things. And Buffalo has to get off the field. They've got to get off the field. They've got to maximize the number of chances that Josh Allen has. Josh Allen is a volume quarterback. He needs to be throwing the ball, okay? Sample size was way too small. They did a great job in the fourth quarter going five for five on that touchdown drive. Um, it's one of those things where you're wondering, like, well, where was that all game? Well, you know, it, it was where it was. And if you, if you kept feeding him the ball, he would have gotten to it. Didn't get to it. Um, and I think that, if anything... I think if you played the Titans game 10 times, I don't think the Bills lose 10 times. I think they probably split that game 5-5. I think, the probably, I think the Chiefs probably win six or seven of these games if you play 10 of them. But I think they win three or four of them, and I think they were right there. I think they were close. I think it was the right game plan. I was not bothered by the 260 yards they gave up other than a handful of times they needed to get off the field. But in theory and in and the overarching, I was comfortable with what the defense did. Against against the Chiefs. I thought that was the right approach. Dare them to win it that way. And credit to the World Series. You know, the, the World Series champions, the <laughs> Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs. They they did win it that way. And so, hey, man, tip your hat onto New York. That's what I think. You know,
1: I feel like if we stopped potting now, this would be our best podcast. So should we keep going or should we just say, no, let's
0: yeah, let's let's fuck it right up. You raised great points about the pass
1: rush, which we forgot. You probably pointed out some of your that was that was man. This is why you if you're listening, this is why you should listen. Don't listen to the rest. But up to here, you know, this is great.
0: (laughs) Yep. But we're going to screw it up now. Yep. With three stars. And then we're going to go from there.
2: Yeah, exactly. When me and Frank are throwing something at each other in five minutes about a five million dollar a year guard, just for <laughs> good times. Um, so yeah, we'll start uh, with with three stars. Um, I will give uh, an honorable mention to uh, to Justin Zimmer, who I think uh, had flashed in the preseason and has earned his his kind of starting spot, or at least a at least a chance to be on the roster um every week you know with his play um do we want to talk at all that was the one thing we didn't Did we talk at all about the benchings should we get into that oh
1: yeah i mean that was we
2: didn't but let's do that let's do that after three stars okay all right so we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah so but i think zimmer played well um you know we can debate about that in a minute so um he gets an honorable mention I will I will go right into three stars uh and give the third star to Bill's special team players not named Bass. Um not that again, like I, I agree. Like asking him to hit a fifty-two yarder is, is not a it's not a winning strategy in general, but that wasn't particularly close. But uh, just not star worthy material. But everybody else was was really pretty great and taiwan jones had some nice coverage um hardman's a really good returner and he didn't really get a lot um andre roberts had a nice kick return and a nice punt return um you know there were they they did a really good job borquez another couple nice punts um, really kind of rounding into form as like a, a professional punter so hopefully that is um you know, a sign of, uh, the Bills kind of turning the corner in the third phase where I feel like in times past that hasn't been the case and been more of a weak point. Um, so that's your third star. Um, I will give the second star to, to the, uh, to, to Patrick Mahomes. Um, not, uh, obviously like it's a bit of a toss up between him. I mean, the winning quarterback is obviously going to be playing well, 21 and 26 for 225, two touchdowns, just the single sack. Um, Obviously had uh, uh, 10 rushes for 36 yards as well, which is, you know, uh, obviously an important part of their offense and something that they relied more on. Um, You know, again, uh, I think that's something that people forget a little bit about Josh Allen. And I think that's what we've seen. And and some of the people have made this the point on on some of the kind of the Josh Allen me a couple articles that you'll read is that Josh Allen actually was never he was an all sport athlete in high school in a very small town was not really exposed to the pro development kind of camps that many players get growing up, um, especially in in Texas and Florida and those kind of places. I mean, Alan was from California, obviously, but small town kind of, um, you know, Northern California, not, not like hotbed football, hotbed parts. And he, he went to junior college for a year and then went to Wyoming, which is obviously not like a quarterback factory. So, so in some ways, He has a higher ceiling to improve because and and through that he's been able to fix some of his accuracy issues because he wasn't having those issues either reinforced or learned bad practices from basically 12 years old on because I don't think he had that kind of prep. So he has that. He has that. The problem was is that he doesn't quite have in some ways, I would say, the game experience that someone who has been through 12 years of. Near professional coaching and like actively like having the coach yell at you for things like, what are you doing don't do that stupid lateral which he definitely thought about in this game, he correctly pulled it back. But, you know, how to take the plays underneath and not just shoot the moon and try and get the 50 yarders when you know that they're playing those deep coverage. And hopefully he'll get that with time and more coaching. But I think that is the difference between him. One of the differences between him and Mahomes right now. Mahomes can take the underneath shots. He knew that that was the game plan. He executed it. They won the game. Um, And then obviously first star goes to Clyde. Edward Zellier, I will say it's it's a begrudging first star because really the the size of the holes that he was running through were pretty unconscionable from the from the Bills' defensive perspective. But he hit them successfully and correctly. And even when there were holes on the Bills' side, Singletary seemed um, pretty pretty happy to just find the nearest Bills offensive lineman and run into his back. Um, so good good job so for Edward Zolaire to to you know not understand that there's a difference between riding your offensive lineman into a, into a gap and running into your offensive lineman into a gap. Um, I don't know where he, Singletary is another whole nother story, but um, it was good for good for the rookie to have a nice day for Kansas city when he was probably worried about his job. Uh, You know, hopefully that buys him a little more time before bell shows up. So those are your, those are your three stars.
0: Very quickly, because I got, I, I got thinking about whether there were any other wyoming quarterbacks that ever got taken in the nfl there are four uh i won't make you name them um the most recent was casey bramlett 2004 cincinnati Bengals. of of course (laughs) yes (laughs) and then you've got
1: bammer bramlett yes that makes
0: jim walden 1960 went to the browns and rick eggloff 1967 to the oakland raiders um this excuse me this list of 84 84 Wyoming Cowboys drafted in the NFL uh, includes the position B for back before (laughs) the running backs. Um, Not the most famous Cowboy, though. I think he's second. I think Josh Allen is already second. There are some Super Bowl champions and pro bowlers here, but I think he's already more famous than Jim Kick. Two-time Super Bowl champion and two-time Pro Bowl running back for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, in the, I, I in remember.
1: The, I mean, I remember hearing of Jim Kick, So right. he has some fame. I don't know if Josh is at Jim Kick level yet, but okay. We'll so have maybe he's.
0: I think he's already top five. I would. He, I'll send this list along. But I think Jay Novacek is the only guy who like, um, probably exceeds uh, his, yeah. you know, five Pro Bowls and three Super Bowls, um, with the Cowboys, um, although drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals. I think he's the only guy who probably um, exceeds him on the accomplishments already. Certainly
2: a better player at this point in in, in his career. Fame (laughs) is kind of a a, means something different in the kind of social media age.
0: Yes, I think that's I think that's fair, too. So we got a bunch of people who were like on like Derek Martin, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore Ravens, two times Super Bowl champion. You know, great defensive back. Not really, but like from Wyoming and there, I think he's the only. Now, did the Bills draft? The Bills have drafted three people from Wyoming. Pat Rabold, 1989. Paul's the only person. Yep. Uh, Ninth round. I don't even know Uh, that name. I wonder if he even made the team. (laughs) Defensive tackle, ninth round back when there was one. And then the sixth round from 2007, defensive back. Do you want to guess? Sixth
1: round, 2007
0: defensive. It's a name that you will have, you will go oh, it, You won't really like remember him, remember him for doing much. But
1: Kerry Harris,
0: no, Ellis Langster, also born in Cody, Wyoming. This six foot one defensive back uh, played for the Buffalo Bills for 2007 through th- for three years, and then the Detroit Lion for four years before hanging it up. Oh, uh, oh uh, hundred and forty seven total tackles, one fumble recovery, Co- one interception. No, good uh, guess. Ashton I'm gonna Yubo- give it South away.
2: Carolina. Ohio State. No, no, no,
0: no. Ashton Yubodi was Ohio State. Um, okay. this is John Wendling.
1: John Wendling. Uh, yeah, see now I know okay. how you guys feel every damn week.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I had to go to like a sixth round defensive back from Wyoming to stump you like that.
2: But, <laughs> 13 years ago whereas me and Blank. frank are like this guy i'll be honest most of this time playing, playing on the gunner
0: and special teams
1: season. you could have given me a month and i never would have remembered john wendling's he, he name he led
0: the bills in special teams tackles in 2009 so uh this day in wyoming cowboys <laughs> <laughs> with frank um, I see
1: pat, pat Rabold is in the wyoming athletics hall of fame for those of you wondering but he never did actually make the bills roster
0: Right. Oh, well, there you go. So, you know, high standards at the time, 1980. Oh, well, 1989 was a yeah. hard time to make the Bills roster. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, OK, so let me get the injuries out of the way.
1: Or do we want to talk, we'll about, we'll talk about the benching? And, and, oh, yeah, we'll talk Do the injuries. Then. I want to I want to get all
0: I'm going to get just I'm going to name a bunch of players and then we can talk about the trade deadline and the people who got benched in kind of one big potpourri of. It's it, The general theme is players who can't play or we wish weren't playing or we <laughs> want to get rid of or want to add to the team. So uh, Josh Norman is out. Levi Wallace is out. He's on the IR, uh, he, but he could be back soonish. I think Next he's only like on three, he yeah. earliest. Uh, Wide receiver John, John Brown is out for the, the Jets. I did not know that. That's not fun. Cody Ford is out. Knox is out. Uh, Dodson is out. Questionable is Matt Milano, um, which I don't believe he's going to play. Trey White on the injury list as questionable and Cam Lewis. So,
1: so just missing four of your top five cornerbacks.
0: No, no, no it's just, yeah. And the only saving grace is like, and here's the not saving grace. I don't know. Maybe it goes the other way. Joe Flacco for the Jets, you know, not a good quarterback anymore by any, I don't think, but like definitely could be one of those guys who has a freaking game left in him, you know, and like oh i'm gonna exploit all these kids we'll come we'll circle back to that when we talk about the jets game right the We've trade deadline is joe also, flacco
1: exploits kids that's we, yeah, that is that by that on this pod
0: uh if i wasn't afraid of getting sued i <laughs> would make the title of the podcast um but oh yeah and we can't talk about bill's mafia being trademarked because i'm a trademark attorney for the u.s government and so we're not going to be talking about that what i might do is let the other two talk about it and i'll just be quiet but i won't do that um Uh, Also, we sat—who did—okay, it was—
1: It was Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips.
0: Yeah, you know, two of the guys who started on the defensive line all all year. Trent Murphy, who we made a big deal about keeping, and, like, how great Trent Murphy was. And um, the line played like dog shit this week, but it's not like it's played great. Um, So we had an old-fashioned get-your-act-together benching. And at the time, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to get benched for— you know, being starters and they'll have to rotate in. No, these guys were healthy scratches and uh, no bueno, senor. Um, and then the only other thing to mention is that the trade deadline is coming up November 3rd. Um, the Bills, as we talked about a little bit last week, uh, were were sniffing around Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that never materialized. And uh, now, you know, look, the Bills need help. Could they, seems like they could use any type of lineman, any lineman, any lineman anywhere right. is, is, is welcome. Which is all the more the disappointing,
1: Bills. considering I didn't know this until I read Matthew Fairburn's article in The Athletic this week. The Bills have the highest paid defensive line in football. Oh, yeah. Oh, which yeah. blows uh, me away. Like, they had that a few I years back, that. but at least then you had three pro bowlers up front with Darius, uh, Kyle, and Mario, and then you had Jerry Hughes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think some of this has got to be... You Some of this conversation might involve all of us offering a mea culpa to Star Tule because mm-hmm. I, it, it's like the, it's a glaring difference in personnel and the line yeah. is playing very different so um you know perhaps there is something to the um he's not on the stat sheet but dot 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 uh but let me let me start with Paul Paul yeah. I'm gonna put you on mute so I can chew some pizza uh but feel free to talk about any of these things these injuries players you want players you want to get rid of and this is also a great time to point out Quentin Spain is no longer on the team, uh, which is the only smart decision the football team could make. And any moron who thinks that it was dumb to cut him uh, is a double, double moron. And so I'm going to go on mute. And then it's Paul's turn to talk. And then.
1: All right. I'm sure there will be universal agreement on Quinton Spain. So, yeah, under the the hat of uh, players on the Bills or no longer on the Bills, we'll start with the the healthy scratches This is just. I think a lot of people focus on Trent Murphy, and they should because you can't just explain. Oh, it's a game plan issue. That works for some players, but not for a guy who you had a chance to save seven and a half million dollars by cutting before the year, and instead are taking on a cap number of nine point seven seven five million, which is the fourth highest on the team. You don't. You know that's comparable to the money that Mitch Morse makes and John Brown makes. And I would be shocked if I ever. You're like, oh, just they don't fit our game plan this week. The bigger issue to me long term is a guy like like Harrison Phillips. He seemed to be doing OK before he had uh, the ACL tear last year. Uh, it was a shame for it to ha- have happened. And this year, he just has not done anything. And we talked about underrating Starla Tulalay. The Bills do not have, besides Harrison Phillips, a natural one technique defensive tackle on the roster they've plugged in they plugged ed oliver into that role a bit this past week they plugged in vernon butler they plugged in Quentin jefferson but none of them have that as their natural position and it shows and it means that harrison phillips who's in his third season i can't think of any bills and people are willing to correct me who were healthy scratches in their third season after being a start at the beginning of the year who then rebounded to have a you know contributory career to the bills and so, even though it's not an immediate death knell, I simply I would wager a fair amount of money that, you know, they're going to be looking defensive tackle one technique after this offseason season, and that Harrison Phillips probably will not get a second contract with the Bills. The injuries, these are I won't go into them in too much detail because I think they'll come up with it in terms of the Jets game. The cornerback depth is just absolutely terrifying right now. That Teron Johnson is your best healthy cornerback. And if Flacco plays, as as Frank mentioned, he's great at exploiting children. And if not, Sam Darnold has beaten the Bills on numerous occasions. And even though he's kind of been inadequate compared to Allen since the start of his career, you know, he could still pick on that. The last thing I'll touch on, uh, well, I'll touch briefly on the trade deadline note. It's kind of funny that I think what we most want to see is defensive line help. And we have the highest defensive line in football uh and you know maybe we can look into a running back too or some you know i don't even want to say they should look for depth on the line because they have more depth on the line than most teams it's just most teams have bad offensive lines now so the that leads into the last topic i'll mention which is quentin spain's release um i mean i think the issue from what you read is spain just no longer wanted to be on the team he wanted a chance to start he felt like he had been bumped way down the depth chart uh and so yeah i'm totally fine with releasing you know, Quentin Spain for those reasons. I will say the benchings of, of uh the benchings specifically of Trent Murphy in the release of Quinton Spain do not look good for Brandon Bean, uh, and Sean McDermott in terms of their role on the team because that is a lot of money between the fifteen million dollars they gave Spain and now they're eating almost six million this year, and they'll eat a little bit next year on his contract too, according to over the capital eight, another million next year. And here you are at a chance to add $9.775 million to the cap for next season if you got rid of Trent Murphy uh, before the season for a guy you're going to scratch, and you didn't. So I am fine when you acknowledge mistakes and bench or release players who you probably overpaid, but these were, these were mistakes that shouldn't have happened if these were guys that weren't expected to be big contributing players, uh, considering the salaries they were given. So that's all I've got to
0: say. Was... Was Shaq Lawson ever a healthy scratch in 2018, do you think? Because he played 14 games, but started six. That is and he's uh, a guy who I think.
1: Scott answers, actually.
0: Yes, I, I was looking him up and I did see he missed two games in his third year. So that's as close as I've gotten to somebody. Right, who and then he's rebounded had a productive
1: and, career, so he could be that exception if those were healthy scratches. But I will uh, I'll take a look now.
0: Yes. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So
2: this is like a, this is a many, many faceted kind of segment. So, um, let's start with the benchings. So to me, I think I just want to be clear. And if anyone disagrees with this, let me know. I think, so some of this is about message sending and some of it is you're not playing that well anyway. So let's at least roll the dice and see what else comes up and if for some reason it's better then then okay if we're about the same then well we're not really gaining or losing much anyway and one of you at least has a track record of success or a potential for success based on either draft position or established kind of pro record. If you're talking about Harrison Phillips and Trent Murphy, um, I agree with Paul that it's obviously concerning. I mean, yeah, the, the Harrison Phillips thing is concerning in the sense that like that's, a, that that could be another missed draft pick. I would hope that that's strictly, and it's, it's odd. The thing is, is it's concerning that you would need to send a message to a guy who was supposed to be, if I recall correctly, the Stanford hard worker process, you know, wrestler guy and not like some superstar like Aaron Mabin, Shaq Lawson, where there was like questions of motivation and maybe he doesn't want to get paid. He's trying to get paid or things like that. That wasn't who Harrison Phillips was supposed to be. I think message sending is probably less important than like, you're just not doing your job particularly well right now. You need to do your job better or we're going to get someone else to do it. And that's not great. Um so that's one whole frickin' problem. I support McDermott in doing it. I think to me, it was odd, and this relates to the Spain conversation, is like, why is it that we we healthy scratch these guys, but they get to keep their jobs, but we don't just cut them? Like, if they're not good enough to play, then why are we, we made an investment in them the same way we made one in Spain. Why aren't we, like, why why the two orders, Colonel? Like... <laughs> um. Like it's it's a bit of I think that was as that dissonance bothered me as much as the point that Paul kind of pointed out of like something has failed here either we evaluated Spain poorly when we dis, when we decided to sign him to the offseason season deal, um, or we shouldn't have cut bait on him so soon this season and we needed to give him more chances to come in especially the week that we lose Cody Ford and he's getting carted off the field when. We, we're probably going to need offensive yeah. linemen who at least know the system. Like, I, I – yeah. I, that just seems incredibly poor timing. I understand, like, you may think that he's not – like, why couldn't we have said, well, we sent you a message by demoting you, and now someone got injured, so we're going to need you to step back up again. Like, let's give him a chance to plug back in. And if he's not good again, fine. At that point, put in Butker, whatever. Like, it's fine. I think the timing and the double apparent double standard as to why poor performance gets you benched in some games but cut in others um is a little confusing to me. Um so that's that's one thing. Um and I understand like he may not have wanted it, but that A there's some like Twitter stuff that's kind of filtered out that maybe there's more to the story here and then mm-hmm. B like he's still a professional and he understands that he's not if he wants another contract he should go out and try and make a team and uh him getting cut is not going to help his value so um i think there's a way that that could have worked out better i I guess i would i would estimate and then in terms of like the 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 i mean yeah i don't know who we're putting at corner i mean my understanding is cam lewis's wrist is hurt so he's got he's gonna have a club on his arm when Mm -hmm. he's playing db so that that there's no way that'll end poorly um, and then, yeah, it'll be him and Teron Johnson, and then they were talking about Dane Jackson, our rookie seventh rounder, getting thrown in here in the Jets game, which, like, any other week would be a serious problem. Now it's just a regular problem because we're playing the Jets, and I actually have to worry about this game now, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah. Because I could definitely see, business, see the Bills end this season at, like, 9-7, and seven, the Jets end 1-15, and 15, but this is yep. the one. This is the like I've seen
0: that movie. Yeah, more. and the, and they, okay. they
2: it happens. All those one fifteen teams. Lose the teams. Tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we had division games or something. Now they're um, sixth,
0: and they have to go to Kansas City. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they um, win them, we have wild card game. Or they're seventh, right? You can be the seventh wild card this year, actually.
2: Yeah, be seventh. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, yeah, going to Baltimore, and then okay. Anyway, the one question I was going to
0: pose on the
2: trades thing is like, if you could bring. One guy in one position, we traded somebody to get it. What is the one position you'd fill?
0: And I that's a great question. And I was going to ask that. So thank you for bringing it up. And I just, before I get there, I want to say that I've basically evolved my thinking and I'm much closer to to Scott's position here um, than I was originally when we were talking about it. So there won't be much yelling. Uh, I think that some of this is clearly like we are not getting the full picture on Quentin Spain. Like it's there, there's some other stuff going on in the locker room. That is, you know, and, and, you know, Scott, it might just be like, it might be he's not really that good of a professional. Maybe he was like dejected and said, I'm out of here. And he left the facility or something. And it was going to be like a week before they could even get him back in. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, it could have been a situation where he's just like F this and then like, oh, you know, well, we could have used you. But why don't you just get the fuck out of here? Um, and seems, so seems, seems like
2: everyone's done a good job of bearing it, if that's the case.
0: Yeah, it's – well, whatever. It's a I, – I think that – the I guess I'm not going to shed a lot of tears over Quentin Spain. I, I guess you're right. Like, man, it would have been nice to have one more guy to rotate in, but I don't know. Does Quentin Spain change the football game? I don't think Harrison Phillips does. You know, I, I think that's the problem. I think that, yeah, I think Paul hit on a great thing. Like, um, this – or, Scott, one of you said, like, this reflects on Bean. You know, they've had some very nice draft picks, and then they've had some – Guys that can be misses. Like, Ed Oliver needs to be better by now, and he's not, you know? And it's not Ed Oliver's fault. When I say that, Ed Oliver can only be Ed Oliver, right? But, like, the Bills are wrong for valuing him as a ninth overall pick. You know, the Bills got that wrong. Uh,
2: I'm I'm not – I'm glad – I hope Cody Ford is healthy, but I am not sad that he's out of the starting lineup because he was – There was plenty of problems on Tuesday night with him or Monday night, whatever it was like. It was not he was not a clean game from Cody Ford and he hasn't been clean. We've been moving around trying to find a position for him because we invested a second round pick in him. And I don't think it's because like, oh, well, you're already really good at right tackle, but we really need more support at left guard. I don't think or right guard. I don't think that's the answer to why he keeps moving positions.
1: Yep. Third position. And he said, Oh, I'm most comfortable now here at left guard. Well, Uh great. I'm, you know, I'm comfortable in a lot of positions. Doesn't mean I should be in them.
0: (laughs) As to who I would bring in, I'm stuck a little because I think an offensive player plugs in quicker and easier. Like Le'Veon Bell, you tell him run to this hole, run to that hole. And he's going to either do his Le'Veon Bell things or he's not. Same even with a tight end, you know, like go here and catch the ball. Um, The defense definitely seems to be a lot more of this 111th stuff, and it really is a ecosystem more so than even the offense. You know, there are times at which Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen can take over and do things that are not directly in the playbook that doesn't work as well on defense. I think that you need more defensive help. I just don't think you can get a linebacker that's going to be able to be much more than a body in this system, which might be good enough at this point, the same with a corner. Um, but you know, if I was going to go, I might go with defensive line. I might just like, can we get a defensive end that can be disruptive at least, you know, a guy who can, you can throw at the line and is going to rush the quarterback and at least create some pressure. Because to me, at least that's a lot of, you can put them in those types of situations where their job is limited to one or two things, you know, as they learn the playbook, you can't replace a, Uh, a linebacker the same way and I think a corner is probably you know closer but you know short of playing man and telling him cover this guy which they don't always do exactly that that's that's a lot to ask for for most defensive players so me I I don't know I'm so disappointed in this running backer in in the in the line it might even not even be the running backs but like they they just as Scott said in the game review they do seem to like like to run right into Freaking offensive lineman if they can help it. And so, I don't know. The only thing that's going to fix this is that the fact that, you know, not everybody is the Chiefs and Titans, which we will talk more about when we do talk about the Jets game. More good Josh. Do we lose I'd Frank like a get little to bit the there? Listener questions. there? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome. yeah, yeah. Do you want
2: to?
0: Sorry there. Um, do you want to tell me if you trade for anybody, Paul, and then we'll get to listen to your stuff. Yeah. I was going to
1: say corner is my vote. Yeah. Corner Corner. is my vote as well. I I think when your number two and two, a two, a and two B corners are Josh, uh, Josh Norman and Levi Wallace, you probably should be looking to upgrade anyway with both of them hurt and Trey white battling an injury and your practice squad guy from the university of Buffalo, Cam Lewis missing time. And that being a big deal. I and the mm-hmm. way NFL teams pass this team, even if they make the playoffs, will not last long if they don't shore up the cornerback situation.
2: And and just to Frank's point on plugging people in, like you're you, if you're playing like this team is going to the playoffs, yeah, the first six weeks of the new corner it might be a little rough, but hopefully by the end of the season he knows what the fuck he's doing out there, so he can he can okay. play, and that that hopefully is enough time. But I take the point. It's not going to be a quick fix, but you got to play for the longer term here. So, yeah.
0: Thumbs up. Emo- I mean, I think that the good news, not the good news, but like the, the answer is that however this season ends, this team's going to need work. And I think that they the disappointing thing is, and I, I don't want to just, just foreshadow a little, we might be in a spot where we're, we're again spending high draft picks on the defense in a situation where maybe we were hoping we didn't have to do that you know, but that's a, that's a conversation for later in the year or, or preferably the off season. Um, for now let's go to Twitter and Facebook questions. And we had Michael, uh, send us a message on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I want to read yeah. Michael's message here. Um, he says it might be this too late for this evening's afternoon's pod. Nope. Uh, but I thought some of the newer faces on D like Klein, was that a bill? Um, didn't look all that shabby. I'm sure you'll comment on it when recapping the game, but it seemed as if Frazier is finding a way to get the defense's grooves back without Matt Milano or with Trey White making some uncharacteristic errors, which is something to feel not terrible about. Saw glimmers of games one through four Allen, so hopefully that gets better too. Thank you for the comment, Michael. I agree, certainly, that there were glimmers of Allen that were not present in the Titans game, which, again, that's a burn the tape, the game, to me. Like, that... There's almost nothing to learn from it. It's just the it's the clunker that most teams have every year. Um, and so until you know it becomes a trend, I don't want to read too much into that Titans game. Um, do did we have comments on that, Paul? Or do do we have any uh, yeah. stuff on Twitter?
1: On the yeah on the Klein stuff. I I think AJ Klein played a a mixed bag of a game. He did force a fumble. He got in a couple of good spots. He also missed a fair number of tackles uh, on her i i no, I just can't even say his name the chiefs running back C-E-H. so thank you yeah, ceh so um A O C. A C B. the acronym guy so yeah. yeah there was i think it was a mixed bag yeah, he still kind of has disappointed me um so yeah that was my acknowledgement there uh uh, oh, one thing I did want to mention: Shaq Lawson's two games missed in 2018 were injury missed games, hamstring Oh, uh, okay, all right.
0: Um, well, then never yeah, mind. Yeah,
1: unless uh, if Scott wants to address AJ and the other part of the question, then the, I'll head to the Twitter. Yeah, report. no,
2: I'll 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 say briefly. Like, I I mean, I already called out Zimmer as someone who had was sprinkled in and kind of got some stuff. I mean, Cox didn't look like he didn't belong on the field on some level, but I don't think I saw him flash much either. Um, so it, you know, I, I think. I think Frazier, you know, I think it's a fair point to say like some of the stuff with the defense has got to be put on him as well. I mean, obviously the Bucks talks with McDermott and he is the defensive coach. But you know, everyone was saying, like, oh yeah, Leslie Frazier could be uh, you know, on the on the ticket out here. If the Bills have another great season and the defense is leading the way, I don't know that I'm worried about Leslie Frazier getting a new head coach job uh, quite yet. So I think I think I think he's doing the best he can But someone's got to figure out the defensive line. And he's, I think I will say this, they are blitzing way more than they have in the past. And I think that's a recognition of the fact that they are not getting pressure with the front four. And so he is trying to manufacture the pressure, even though that's not what this team is built for. Um, So he is trying to make it work, but it is not... um, so I, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but it's certainly like if the defensive line doesn't rush to the passer with four, the whole defense, the principles of the defense fall apart. And then you have guys like AJ Klein, who you know we brought in and might be another kind of semi-whiff because he already got passed by Dodson was only there because the injury. Um, so you know I, I think he flashed a little on on, on during the game, but uh, I, I don't I don't know that he's figured out where he needs to be in the off in the defense yet. Klein did so.
0: Okay, what's on Twitter? All
2: right,
1: Twitter. Uh George Hutchinson, I believe, first time asker. So and I, I don't disagree with this. Our best player, week five six, was Boho, or is that too salty? Uh Joe Biscaglia at the Athletic agreed with that. He gave the Bills uh the Bills game MVP award to Corey Bajorquez. Uh yeah, I can't think of anyone who played consistently better in those weeks. Granted, we didn't watch every piece of film, but looking at the grades of the people who do watch film, uh, I'm actually cool with that. I don't think it's too salty.
0: I, I'll i I'll say Stefan Diggs. I, I I, think that his stat sheet isn't fully reflective of how well he played against the Chiefs for the beginning and and kind of still in the Titans game, to be honest. like Those touchdowns were great. So. A little salty george um but you know the, the team could use a little salt the last two weeks so i'm i'm not i'm not judging you for it's for having a little too much salt in my mind but you it, it's know.
2: not it's not crazy i mean like it, it yeah. depends on your definition of best like if if you, the best you can do is if you get five snaps you kill it on those five snaps then you could argue that maybe before cuz did the best job if it's like biggest positive impact on the game, then you kind of got to give it to like Diggs or somebody probably, but yeah, kind of depends on how you're defining your, your terms here.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. yeah football no, had it's, wins it's, above it's, replacement. He's not gonna, he's not gonna <laughs> qualify,
0: but right. I'll, I'll agree that it's unfortunate that how close that question is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, thanks for the question, George, uh, Jasmine Jester. Howdy, Jesmyn. We beat the jets by 10 in week one. Miami just mm-hmm. beat them by 24, conceding mm-hmm. none. What score winning margin will make you believe that the team is truly back on track? And I'll let you I don't know, maybe start with Scott on this question because we, he went last last time. But I think there's a few ways you can He's go trying this. to
0: get us to do our preview early. Like, what is this?
1: I think it's uh, more like what would make us I don't think it is like what score winning margin will make you believe the team is truly back on track versus how do we think the game will go? I think this is a second okay.
0: question
2: uh there there, uh-huh. there is no score I'm gonna I I will I will say if they could walk out there and beat the Jets 70 to nothing and I would not I'd be like all right well that's great but I don't really care like I mean like glad they glad they look good as long as they got out with no injuries great like the Jets are garbage fire and they're on track for the number
0: one pick like well, uh, I, okay let me let, let me do that's this what I, and, okay and, that's what I say Je- Jasmine let me change your question a little okay because I, I understand what he's saying, right? Like, what's going to make you feel better after these after these two shitty losses? And and you know, if they beat the Jets by one or if they beat the Jets by thirty, does it does it matter? And and I I I think I'm with Scott that like they got to beat the Jets. That's kind of what I want. How about this? Do you think the Bills are off track after losing to the Titans and Chiefs, or do you think that they you know? kind of what you're saying here, Scott, like they should beat the Jets and I'm not worried about these types of games still. Um, how about we put it that way? Like, do you think anything's substantively different from losing two games against, you know, uh, a combined 11 and one, you know, record?
2: I am, I think, I, I think Frank put the question to me very unfairly two <laughs> weeks ago of whether or not I was buying the Josh Allen car at the car lot. And I admitted, I did that make I you drive it. off
0: the lot that day. Yeah. And
2: sorry. <laughs> I am, I, I immediately, and I said like, I almost immediately regret that decision when I buy cars in real life. And I am I'm immediately regretting it now. Like it's not, I'm not fully sold that he's gone back to, to old bad Josh Allen or old mediocre or old crazy Josh Allen. But I'm not sure that enough of the pieces of the puzzle are there on offense to where they can score 30 points every game like the Chiefs do to cover up for the flaws that are very evident in the defense and that we knew were there all along that maybe we just didn't focus on as much because they were winning. So I would say I've got a better idea of what the team is. Uh, I would say I I don't know that I'll ever, you know, we're going to have to like – We'd have to like beat the Seahawks and beat the Steelers before I would think that we are as good as I thought we might be able to be two weeks ago, I guess I would say. Okay,
0: but you didn't think they were that good. You just were like, and I'm with you, and then Paul, I'll just finish up this thought, and yeah. then Paul, uh, answer both questions and, and answer in yeah, sure. and mine, um, you know. I thought they could be like, I thought we, you know, it was fun to flirt with, is he an MVP? Could we be talking about MVP Josh Allen? Uh, Could they, uh, they certainly could beat the Titans and the chiefs, you know, I don't know. And I didn't think that they would lose to the Titans at all. And, and I think now I'm with Scott, like, okay, I got a good sense for who they are. But to me, like, I'm not worried about it because I'm like, I still think that like injuries aside and hopefully some of these injuries clear up faster than others. They're a pretty good team. And I don't think everyone's going to be able to play them. The way these last two teams did. So you know, at at worst in my mind, I still think they're like, well, they're probably still better than a lot of teams. And uh, so that's good. Um, go ahead, Paul.
1: Yeah, and Jasmine's, my easy answers. I will be happy with a win by any margin this week the injury normally i would i would want a bigger win uh over a team like the jets that is a dumpster fire as noted but with all the injuries the bills have this week with the potential of darnold coming back and getting one of his receivers back uh just win the game because your next three games you're probably going to be an underdog and that means the world is expecting you to be five and five which leads kind of well into frank's question i it's, it also tied into the trade deadline for me. Like, I don't think there's a need to make these panic, any panicked culture altering moves. I think this team will be, you know, I, I think there's still a good team. I think they've been beat, beaten with the injuries more this season than they have at all during the McDermott era. And I think that's, that's definitely hurt them. I still stand by that Josh needs to win a game against a very good team at some point because he has not really beaten what you would consider a very good team at this point, and he hasn't really played great games against very good teams at this point. But based on the progress I've seen, I am not worried about Josh failing to do that. I think he is eventually going to step up and win one of those and win multiple of those based on the progress we've seen from his first game to, you know, this season. And the the, the team overall, yeah, they've they've scuffled the last couple of weeks. It's tough to maintain the level of optimism we had after four weeks when they looked like they were world beaters. But I still think they're in the right direction. I still think they're I, I think they're gonna be fine regardless. can I have five yeah.
2: seconds. Yeah, go. I think This isn't a potential is,
1: debate. You can talk yeah. over it.
2: Um the thing, I'm not that muting any say thing is like we're we're not accustomed to dealing with teams that are sort of and that's the thing, like you can have Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, they don't win every game. You know, right. There's no guarantee that just because you have a good quarterback and a good team that you win all the games. You get into these games where you're playing other good teams and they're 50-50 shots. Now, yeah, you hope that you actually come to play, which they didn't two weeks ago, and you hope that you're, you don't have major pieces of your team like playing as horribly as they did in terms of like defensive line uh, against the Chiefs, but you're not going to win them all. So you have to accommodate your expectations of like, you got to get into the tournament and then you got to hope that, you know, whatever words you have, you, you figure out, you game plan away, you, you don't yes. get any big injuries and then that's it. And then it, that's a little that's that's what you, you can't hope for anything more than that, really.
0: I think I even said that on Twitter during the game and Paul might remember, like the the Bills to me at, at times looked like a team that needed about one or two guys to come back and they would be all right. Like they look like the type of team that like figure like they are in prime position to figure things out and i want to push back a little paul i mean they beat the rams they beat the the raiders those are good teams. they beat the dolphins who might be an okay team there you know like you know and i don't know i think that they might be favored against the patriots in two weeks like patriots aren't great you know they're 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 a step down but anyway like i get it right like he got in there against the rams and and beat you know um, beat them and Jared Goff but he didn't you know he fell flat against the chiefs so like there is definitely a record of you know he, d- he didn't play they didn't play great against the Patriots in previous years so but you know I, I th- he stepped up on that, on that Dallas game last year like that was a huge game you know and at the time Dallas was pretty good uh so to me like there there's there's some pedigree there there's some there's some inklings he's he's not locked down yet but I'm not I'm not ready to 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 write him off um you know and they're up in the division, so for me, we're we're uh, we're right where they should be. Right, the, wish they were a little higher, but uh, to me, I don't know that there's anything. I think if you told me they were going to be four and two after six games and be up one game in the division, I think we'd all be pretty pretty happy with that. And per uh, yeah. usual, the the losses feel worse as you're experiencing them. We are an hour yeah. in and are about to enter the longest segment of the, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> per <laughs> usual, um, so let's do this day in Bill's headline because uh scott has to get up early and earn a lot of money so he can can fly places um we'll just, we'll just look i don't want to start a patreon or a gofundme but if you have some extra cash a few <laughs> extra quid that you can kick scott he's gonna need it all right um for now let's let's play this day in bill's headlines and right. uh, and we'll we'll talk about the jets
1: all right well i have one fewer question than usual so that'll help us out so Phew. uh One thing we all agreed on, the Chiefs game, uh, mediocre running game. So the theme of our first three questions, mediocre running back. So here we go. This day in Bill's headlines, October 23rd, 2018. Bill's Chris Ivory and Blank take center stage with LaShawn McCoy sidelined. Bill's might be without McCoy again in week eight. He's in the NFL concussion protocol after being hurt uh recovery time can vary greatly I mean the team may be forced to go with chris ivory and blank against the patriots on monday night football
0: um i'm spoiler, guessing yeah, well, the patriots, yeah we yeah. didn't win
1: mccoy mccoy played and it didn't matter of course yeah the Bills still lost because it was the patriots this is a 2015 round seven pick of the saints out of missouri signed to the bills practice squad in november 2017 promoted to the active roster the day after christmas that year and actually, May's debut in that game against the Dolphins in the regular season finale before the uh, Bengals brought that season home for the Bills. Had seven carries for 41 yards. Didn't didn't play badly. 2018 had 52 carries for 250 yards, almost five yards a carry. But uh, with the Bills running back depth, he was among the final cuts before the 2019 season, despite a a punt return TD in the Bills' thrilling comeback win in their preseason finale.
0: Uh, John Wendling. <laughs>
1: Good a guess as any
2: uh yeah this, this is gonna be by yeah i mean 50 snaps over the course of the season is not or 50 carries over the course of the season yeah is three not
1: three bad. and a half carry three and a quarter carries a game <laughs>
2: not yeah, many yeah that's that's tough I, I i got nothing all right marcus murphy marcus murphy yep that's the name mm-hmm. all
1: right medi- yeah mediocre running back number two <laughs> blank gets the ball in the big moment poyer gets hurt late Blank, the Bills' third-string running back, who hadn't touched the ball offensively in the team's first five games, took a shovel pass from Tyrod Taylor toward the left sideline, cut back inside for 11, and gained a critical first down that allowed the Bills to bleed more time off clock before Stephen Hauschka's 30-yard field goal, with 14 seconds remaining, provided the winning points in a 30-27 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is a 2011 round four pick out of Eastern Washington. He was a team captain for the Bills in 2018. Hmm. You guys will get this one eventually, because I have enough hints that they're going to bring it over the top.
0: Okay. 28. So this is
1: 2018? Yes. Yes. Scott has mentioned this man on this very podcast today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really bad now.
0: Uh... Uh, oh, running back, blah, 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 something, something.
2: So what was the year, Paul, that it, this happened?
0: 2017. 2018. 2017. Oh, well, okay. So.
1: He played for the Bills in 17 and 18, played for another team in 2019, and his one statistic this year, he has one target in the receiving game on a pass attempt by Josh Allen. <laughs>
0: He's on the team now.
1: That would be that would be correct, or he's been on the team this year.
0: He's been on the team this year. Oh my god! Okay, Scott, this this is, is the one I yeah. think
1: is going to do it. When he wasn't on the Bills, which was 2019, he was with the Texans, and he had kind of a clutch 34 yard reception. Oh, you guys may remember.
2: Fudge that guy. Yeah. Fudge McGee. <laughs> oh man, it he had fudge. to be. <laughs> it was him. Ah, oh, this is killer. Deshaun, the fudge.
1: Scott, literally, you mentioned him when talking about the running game. <laughs>
2: oh, this is too funny. <laughs> um,
1: five seconds. Uh, okay, the answer. Uh, the last name is Jones.
0: Taiwan Jones. Jones. Tywan Jones. You said Taiwan Jones today? I what was I.
2: Yeah, because I, I said he got he got a he was he got a, he was a freaking third star on the special teams.
0: Oh God. Yeah.
2: Oh. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Last All
0: mediocre
1: right. running back uh, of the day to go along with our mediocre guessers, I'm, including me, <laughs> who couldn't
2: get John. Yeah, I was going yeah, exactly to say you're not exactly top Wendling of the Taiwan Jones currently on the team. Uh,
0: All right, go ahead. Come on. on.
2: Twenty fifteen.
1: Blank hopes E.J. Manuel sticks it to Marone for benching. We everybody. Want... <laughs> Every, the answer is everybody. Yeah, But this one it verbalized it. Uh, we definitely want this W, and we're going to do whatever it takes. We know Marone and Hackett are over there, so it's a competitive sport. He's not going to say that, but we're all competitors. I know he wants to win batter than anybody affiliated with the Bills, so stick it to him. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he carves them up. Uh, he did not. He played t- He got 290-some yards, but the Bills lost to the Jaguars in London. Um this was a San Francisco 49ers pick in the 6th round of the 2010 draft out of Mississippi State. Uh his 2014 season was with the Bills and that was his career high season, 105 carries for 432 yards and two touchdowns. Fizzled out in 2015 and that was it for his uh his last NFL season.
2: Wait, so 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 that was he was he was giving that quote? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, he's
1: giving the quote about EJ and saying he hopes EJ sticks it to Marone. Uh, this if, was...
2: So 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 he's on the team in the London game Yep. and says he hopes EJ sticks it to him. And then that was just the most ridiculous game ever. OK, uh, yeah.
0: now we're getting to like, yeah, I remember. Oh, my God, that was just such a sad game. Uh, is this Carlos Williams time? He was on the team at that time, but it is
1: not. Wrong Carlos mediocre
0: Williams. quarterback running back. OK,
1: yeah. And it's funny, there's actually another mediocre running back on this team at this time. You could also name that's not. Oh. This is that. Third mediocre running back. Is is the oh. only name that might make you giggle.
0: Oh, Booby Dixon. Booby Dixon. Ah, yes. There well we done. Go. Thank um, you. 20. We're on the board. <laughs> yes.
1: Pat themselves Barely. on the back. Uh, 2014. Bill's rookie blank looks nothing like a projected football bust. Uh, people knew Blank's name before he was old <laughs> enough to drive. He got a scholarship offer to Notre Dame when he was still in ninth grade. He was named Jimmy Rival's Claussen. number one prospect in 2010 while well, it was still 2018 and finished at number two. He was six foot eight, 337 pounds at age 17.
2: Oh, so that's well, not Jimmy Clausen then.
1: No, because uh, I will give I'll give some more background. And everything began to unspool. He played well as a true freshman at Miami, which is where he ended <clears> up going <liking throat> to go. But then he was Chantrell. Oh, Yep, Chantrell. All right. I can skip all these other hints. Good job, Chantrell Henderson. All right. 20, 2009. This is the gimme, so you got this one. Bills prepare for Panthers with backup QB blank. Uh, I wouldn't really say there's any difference from my standpoint running back. Fred Jackson said when he asked to compare the two quarterbacks, blank knows what he's doing. He prepares like he's the number one guy and he understands the offense and knows what he's doing when he's in there. We're all comfortable with him being in there.
2: Uh, I mean, I think it's just I think it's just the tough thing is the frame of reference for the year of like.
1: Right. 2009. There's one huge so hint. I Ryan give Fitzpatrick. You. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer. Yeah. Was huge hint would like he's the only he's still played. Right. <laughs> he's yeah. now a backup quarterback again as of this week. He's
0: actually yeah. OK. Right. <laughs> yes.
1: um, he did fine. He was the number two behind Trent Edwards. He's been out of the league for nine years.
2: Um, all
1: right. This one you have no chance of getting. So I'll just give you hints. 2003, Bills Blank fined $25,000 for knocking over an official. He had a long-winded explanation about how he couldn't avoid him, and he got fined 25 dollars and he says, I'll definitely appeal as long as I can. This was a 1998 round pick out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, out of, for Dallas. He played for the Bills in 03 and 04. I have some other crap in here, but I won't tell you that. Instead, the best hint I can give you is that I don't know anyone else with this first name, but it reminds me of the name of the mascot for the 96 Atlanta Olympics, and his last name is a candy brand.
2: Izzy
1: uh, Snickers. Oh, bring you Twix. Scott, Scott remembered the mascot.
2: What was it? Izzy? Izzy. Izzy?
0: Izzy, not Izzy, Izzy Snickers. I- Izzy Twix. Izzy Henry. Izzy, Izzy... Izzy Skittles. <laughs>
1: Think of, a, think of a brand that might have multiple types of candy.
0: Oh, Izzy, Izzy Mars. Izzy Mars.
1: Oh, that's yes. a good
2: guess, too. Izzy Hershey. <laughs> Izzy Hershey
0: Izzy is Reese? a great
1: guess. Maybe uh, you guys are Izzy piecing Cadbury. this together.
0: <laughs> Izzy Reese.
1: Yes, Izel Reese. We'll count it. Isel
0: Reese. Okay. Izel Reese. All right. All Third right. time. That's fine. Sure. <laughs> that counts as a win. We'll put that in yeah. the books,
1: right? It does. All right, this sure is the number. Cadbury, num- <laughs> Cadbury. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Izzy Cadbury. Oh, boy, that's a great name. All right, uh, 2000, this is a number quiz. Flutie Flakes, our breakfast hit again. Since the seemingly, and this is a related, I put this in there because, you know, we've been talking about Josh's Jacks. weeks. Since the seemingly unsinkable Flutie Flakes were introduced in 1998, blank boxes of the frosted cereal have been snapped up.
0: So Doug, you will, Doug Flutie.
1: Well, it's how many boxes? You know, not a Doug. Yeah, Flutie. No. Oh, damn it! So right. guess guess the number of boxes sold within 200K. <clears throat> I'll give you the some context for the hints. The original red box remains the bestseller. Fans have also snapped up 680,000 Flutie Flakes chocolate bars, 86,512 boxes of Flutie Fruity snacks, 9811 Flutie T-shirts, and some other stuff.
0: So how many boxes? Uh, Two million. Of 2 million yeah, I so. do know it's I'll his say, birthday today, so happy say, birthday to Doug Flutie. Oh, great. But
2: I'll, I'll yeah.
1: put it at two point five. Uh Frank was off by a whopping fifty-five thousand only. So Frank wins one point nine four five five million boxes. All right. Two more to go. Nineteen ninety six. Eight weeks later, blank is ready. Okay, Blank made it through his first full practice in eight weeks Wednesday and said he expects to play Sunday night when Buffalo visits New England. Blank played just three series of the opener against the Giants before being sidelined due to a sprained left foot. Uh, Blank and the coaches did not say how big a role he would play in the team's offense against the Pats. However, it's safe to assume he will see significant action at number three receiver as long as he practices without a problem for the rest of the week. jim kelly did say about him which is kind of funny i remember what things he did for us last season and some of the things we were able to do with him the game plan nothing against blank nothing against eric molds excuse me he's been coming on and been a good receiver but blank knows everything about our offense no matter what situation we're in
0: quinn yeah. early
1: no but a great guess uh the bills do not plan to use blank on punt returns this week levy said jeff burris is scheduled to handle those duties as he did last sunday it's this is a guy who didn't return enough punts for the bills but if he did if he'd met the qualifier he would be the all-time leader in punt return average for the bills but i guarantee you you don't think of him as a punt returner and you also don't think of him most prominently as a wide receiver either for that matter even though he's both those things
0: is this gus ferratt and i'm supposed to guess him again no yeah no. um <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. I, I, think lost of, here.
2: I think of I think of I think of Dion Sanders as a great
0: <laughs> broadcaster. This so guy, this guy made answer.
1: a highlight reel tackle of Deion Sanders by his ankle at the nine-yard line a kickoff return.
0: Is and this? His, oh, this Steve Tasker. Steve Tasker, yeah, yeah, that's right, because he'd be the fifth receiver. That's right, he yeah. was always the last receiver. Okay, yeah, he
1: was. And then by '96, when the depth got worse, he was up to number three receiver. And then he actually played really well and had 100 yards in a playoff game, but then he got injured. <laughs> The year they named him a starter as a receiver it was ninety-six and he got injured and then he retired in ninety-seven.
0: So oh, all right. All right. Well I'm glad I got okay. last
1: one is impossible. So again, I'll try and give you hints on this one. Uh it's, the article is Reich throws three three scoring passes and Bills 34 to three victory over the Jets. Kind of the opposite of this week, where the Bills had the ball for 4253 and the Jets had it for 1707. Um Says scoring passes went to Andre Reed, Ronnie Harmon, and Kenneth Davis, but it was the Bills' running game that softened up the Jets' defense. The Bills' offensive line bore holes through the Jets' defense, providing Thurman Thomas and Blank with plenty of running room. So this is not Ronnie Harmon or Kenneth Davis or Thurman Thomas in 1989. This was a six-foot-one, 258-pound running back from Tennessee State University.
0: So knock. Yep. Nope. Always like
1: it's it's a name you might remember and you might not. He played in seven NFL seasons uh, with the Bengals from 83 to 87 and then the Bills in 89 and 90. He's had a lot of legal problems. I don't like him because he once yelled at my sister when she was a clerk at Super Duper grocery store for something. It might have been related to an expired coupon that she couldn't honor. And he gave her a hard Ouch. time. She, I'm this person, blah, blah, blah. But um, he spent in 1988 working. as O.J. A- Simpson. O.J.'s yeah, he was a jerk. Mm. I will say the it's week after problems? Hmm? legal problems, legal uh, problems. That's the last I could find was he was charged with some some bad stuff in '92, uh, after he was away from the Bills, and he had legal problems in '88 when he was a contractor out of football. Um, I will say the week after this game, he and Thurman earned the distinction of both rushing for 100 yards in the same game thurman with 148 oh, I remember stack, that game. 121 oh, on. and i did some research i think this might be the last time the bills did this i couldn't find a spiller freddie game or a lashawn carlos williams game or anything like that where they did that but
0: uh i'm lost here and you're gonna yeah. say the name and i bet i'll remember it
1: all right i'll give the first name uh larry
0: john larry Marshawn larry
1: All right. I'm going to give the answer because I don't think there's a chance here. It is Larry Kinnebrew.
0: No, I don't remember Larry Kinnebrew.
1: All right. Well, you don't need to. I'm sorry. He was was
0: mean to your sister.
1: Yes, he was mean to my sister. So you don't need to remember him. And that was this day in Bill's headlines for October 23rd. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Bill's are are 10-point favorites. Also, I I just looked it up. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 34,421 total yards, 220 touchdowns, 168 interceptions. So... Having himself a career, um, yeah. the the Bills are ten point favorites still over the Jets. That's how bad the Jets are. <laughs> that basically the Bills don't have a defense, and they're like, whatever. They expect the Bills to cover and win and go over um, the you know the total will go over uh, at least according to this website, the Odd Shark website, which I don't know if it's any better or worse than other ones. But uh, look, you got a you gotta pissed off Bills team, I'm sure you got some offensive weapons you have a jets team that you know isn't quite sure who's at quarterback and also just shipped their only named running back i think that now they just go to rb2 i think he hey, literally and dor is of, a name i guess so yeah i guess i guess he becomes the name and now it's rb2 and rb3 behind him um but the jets have adam Gase, who you know never underestimate his ability to screw something up um there are few tire and dumpster fires bigger than the Jets. Certainly forget right now. Like this, I think this era of the Jets will go down as an all time awful Jets team. Um, and that's hard. That's hard to do. So. <laughs> um, I'm going to say we're all going to pick the Jets to win the Bills to win. Whew, God. It's- Bryce Harper there. <laughs> bring a championship back to d c. Um, no, uh, we're all going to pick the bills to win, I think. Um, but why don't we all take a minute to talk about we've already talked about the comfort level, think that thanks to Jesmine's question. but uh, what are you worried about? what do you, what what do you want to see, Scott? What do you want to see in the victory? what What would give you like the smallest bit of comfort?
2: I mean, I think, the thing that i could maybe point to would be a little bit of a pass rush like if we could rush the passer the jets have do they have beckton is he the guy who everyone kind of likes on the line is that the guy look
0: it up now i gotta go look up the jets roster thanks a lot (laughs)
2: sorry (laughs) um
0: so
1: (laughs) makai beckton returns but is limited in practice one day ago
2: Okay. Yeah. He was, he was good in the first game and people liked him. They thought he was the, the next coming at, at tackle and he, he seemed okay in that first game. So if we could get a pass rush going, that would at least prove that, that, that maybe I, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Phillips and Murphy. And is there, you know, their suspension continues um, or whether they're, <laughs> they're back in the game. And so that makes it, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be the fire that lights, lights them up um, or maybe just, playing another crappy team will get enough so that that would make me feel better um you know getting Allen in rhythm against a team like the jets shouldn't really be that big of a deal so if he gets in rhythm okay. great but I'm not, I'm not counting on it
0: do you want to do you want to give us a score and then i want to yeah, update say, you guys yeah. yeah
2: oh god um i'll say bills 30 uh jets 21
0: all right and, um quickly just so you know um the Jets do, in fact, have Lamar Jackson on their team. Um, Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, who is a cornerback. Good. I don't know if that changes things for anybody. <laughs> um, also, Antonio Brown and the Buccaneers are apparently going to make a deal. So, oh, thankfully, man. that's all happening in the NFC South. You know,
1: I, I had a text exchange with my uh, my buddy this weekend when he when they were. Uh, it was speculated he was going to go to, I think it was the Seahawks and it says Antonio Brown Seahawks position to dance together post suspension. And I said, Antonio should be the Lombada, a forbidden dance, but apparently <laughs> nonetheless, Tampa Bay is just, if you're, if you're old and we're a superstar four years ago, come on in.
0: That's, that's yeah. The let them keep doing, you know, it's not my problem this year. That's for sure.
1: Yep. Um, so yeah. Uh, Two things. I'll give the quick score of the game in a sec. I do want to note on the call that uh, delayed me getting here. One of my colleagues did not know much about the Bills, but did know that Bills stood for, boy, I love losing Super Bowls, which I. Oh, wow. Thank
2: you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never gets old.
0: No. Maybe he'd like like to post the picture of Scott Norwood missing the toilet wide right. Like, (laughs) sure. Wow. Thanks, Grandpa.
1: Yeah. People are like that. Um, Sorry. So yeah, I think the Bills. I think it's gonna be closer than a lot of people expect. I am uh, the Bills' defense. They didn't put up a great showing last week. I think it's gonna be more difficult this week when you look at the injuries. Offensively, I think they should be fine. Yes, we see how much they they miss John Brown. Absolutely, but I still don't think the Jets can match up with Diggs and Gabe Davis and Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie running jet sweeps. Um, and they, you know, this could be a good game for the running back to get on track. I think the defense is going to be crap. Uh, I'm going to say bills 34 jets 31.
0: I'm going to say the bills win 16 to 10 and it's going to be ugly, but they're going to win and that's going to help. Will anything make you feel better? No, no, it'll, I'll feel better that they won and I'll feel better that they get another look I mean they're four and two they get to five and two going in against the Patriots you know start just stacking wins right the AFC wins are the ones that that matter we lost against the Chiefs and the Titans that's going to hurt you in the tiebreakers later but look this season step one for this season is always the division right so just stack another division win let's get it going um you know, I think that they, I think if what will make me feel better is people getting healthy, right? So if they win 16 to 10 and then next week they get two or three players back, like that's what's going to make me feel happy. That's what's going to make me feel better. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't know. So and maybe they'll win by more. I don't know. You know, maybe Josh Allen will throw for 300 yards again. The thing about that is like, you know, it's not that I wouldn't believe a 300-yard game in quotes because a 300-yard game is a 300-yard game. If you throw it, you throw it. Um it's good because we already sort of know he can do that against the bad teams now. And so I'm happy for him to do it. But, you know, I'm I'm with you guys in that, like, we're not really biding time until the next big game because you do got to win these games. And, and I think that the point of the season is still, you know, the division. And that's still very much like that's a big deal. OK, that's a big deal if they win the division by the end of the year. And I'm not going to diminish that by saying, well, it doesn't matter because they can't beat the Chiefs. It does matter it's it's not the end it's not the ultimate goal here but it does matter so for me get the w hook or crook um i got a weird feeling like they might come out a little slow and and pull it out um but i think that you know especially cuz it's the second time they've played the jets and sometimes when a, a a team like this is reeling they 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 get a little they 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 fight back a little they get cornered and they and they fight back but i i still think the bills are are, are just too much better than the Jets to kind of lose this game. Um, And let's hopefully not talk about that next week on uh, B-Bills M-N-Y, M-N-Y Bills, uh, Twitter, Facebook. You know how to find us. Share this with your friends. Let us know what you thought of the pod. We'll be interacting with you on Sunday uh, on Twitter, if you'd like. Um, You can find us, M-N-Y Bills. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. We're going to get out of here. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.